Everybody has a passion. But what if you could get paid to talk about your passion? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. All right, let me explain. First and foremost, it's free. There's tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will also distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. You can make money from your podcast even with no minimum listenership. It's everything that you need to make a podcast in one singular location. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. A warm welcome to all of our proud reporters out here. I am your host, the one and only Panther Guru. And on today's episode, I'm joined by none other than Mr. Know-It-All and, of course, Carolina Dave. What's going on? Thanks for having me again. Absolutely. Dave, oh my gosh, you guys were spot on. I implore everybody that did not listen to last week's podcast to please go listen to last week's podcast before you listen to this one. And then I want you to keep in mind the Kansas City Chiefs against the Carolina Panthers game from last week. Dave and Mr. Know-It-All, you guys had it on point. You guys called every last bit of that game before it even happened. Yeah, unfortunately... um. We came up short, but, I mean, you got to give them some effort. They're, that's the defending Super Bowl champions you're facing right there. Oh, no, absolutely. But the strategy that we implored during um, the game is actually one that you had detailed very, very well. And Mr. Know-It-All kind of piggybacked on the same thing about playing that possession, keep away from Patrick Mahomes and keeping him off the field. Yeah, the best way to – Try to beat Patrick Mahomes is not let him on the field for sure. No, absolutely. So let's go ahead and dive into this week's episode. But I'm telling you, you guys have got to go listen to last week's episode because Carolina Dave and Malcolm, a.k.a. Mr. Know-It-All, these guys have got to be best friends with Matt Rule or something because they called that game perfectly. Like they had the game plan in their hands. So let's start off with the first topic. And, of course, it's one that you had suggested, Carolina Dave, and that's the games that are so close and we're losing too many close games on the road like we just did at Kansas City. Talk to me about that. Yeah, I mean, Panthers are 1-7 in games decided by one score. The, they're 0-5 when it comes to game-winning drives with the with the, uh, ball in Teddy Bridgewater's hands and the offense on the field. Um, out of those five games, Teddy's uh, took – through two uh, interceptions in game-winning drives and taking a sack in one game that knocked them out of a field goal range, which if you go back and look at the film on that one, it's kind of like the very first game in Oakland when uh, – or, sorry, when we played the Raiders, not Oakland Raiders anymore, but when we played the Raiders and it was that fourth and two or fourth and one and they tried to give it to uh, Armall up the middle and it just – he didn't have any room at all. It doesn't matter if you would have gave it to – CMC, Mike Davis running up the middle. They just got too much pressure off the beginning. Same thing with that sack. Um, it just it he, he was swallowed by the whole defensive front. 
but with those uh, two interceptions that he threw, uh, you could put those on him. And then maybe the sack, it was offensive line and Teddy. You can't take that sack if he would have just tried to throw it away. But he would probably got intentional grounding on that play. So 0-5 when the, uh, when the Panthers can drive and score to win. And 1-7 in, in one possession games overall this year. And that's crazy because during that matchup against the Kansas City Chiefs, they actually showed an interesting stat. Um, I wasn't paying close enough attention, but it was something about how um, – something about drives and possessions. And the Carolina Panthers were only about, I think, four drives and possessions uh, – and scoring possessions, of course, that is, behind the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you look at records, they were pretty much saying that the Kansas City Chiefs and the Panthers are almost mirror teams, even if the records don't show it. And, like, what you're saying goes to show that if the Panthers have won some of those close games or if the Joey Sly field goal goes in, the Carolina Panthers should be actually sitting here at maybe 8-1 and one themselves. It's a very fair point to make. Uh, yeah, you got you to gotta win the close games, which even, even before Matt Rule, the Panthers haven't been historically known for. I know it's a new regime and everything, but tight games, I mean, ever, it's the old adage. Every game comes down to two or three plays, even if it's a blowout. It could be a, a back-breaking run for a touchdown or something like that. But in the Panthers' season this year, it's definitely the last drive of the fourth quarter that decides the game. They, you got to give it to their defense. We know the defense was going to be the the weak point, but for the most of the season, they've at least give them the ability to stay in the game all the way down to the final minutes of the fourth quarter. Of course, and that really goes blends perfectly with our next uh, topic, and it goes right into the next topic almost, that our win-loss record is directly tied to the final drive of games. Very much so. I mean, if you, if you hold on to the remote control to the, to the fourth quarter, you're guaranteed, if you're a Panthers fan, you're, your heart's going to be pumping because we're right in there. We haven't, we haven't had any games where we've been blown out of it, for sure. Absolutely, and that's easily saying that we should be a instant playoff team and have a really good record. But it also speaks more to the volumes of the Panthers' brass as a whole. Man, this coaching staff has really been doing a really great job with the players and the people that they've had to work with. Our offensive line hasn't been immaculate, but they're much improved and they're functional. And even our defense, we're getting a lot of value out of that young defense where everybody thought we were going to be awful. Yeah, they've really came in and bought in. Um, you, a lot of people give um, Phil Snow a lot of grief about the defense that he's running, but uh, he doesn't have studs out there outside of uh, Brian Burns and Jeremy Chin. Really, uh, well, that's that's all he's got. I mean, he had the, the he has no pass rush really, um, no pressure up the middle for sure. So. He's just trying to play the cards that he was dealt. Absolutely. And let's talk about our signal caller under center. What do you think Teddy Bridgewater's future is going to be like? Do you think that he's going to be there maybe just for another year and we draft a quarterback because it's a quarterback-heavy draft? Or do you think that Teddy, we, we keep him on until maybe we look at free agency the following year or the draft the following season and he plays one more season before we get rid of him? Or do you think that Teddy plays out his entire contract and he gets an extension? 
I believe Teddy's done enough to at least uh, be their starter next year. Um, with all the with all the needs that the Panthers have, um, tight end, guards, a lot of defensive needs, um, I do not think they should use a draft pick on a quarterback, especially uh, since the only proven quarterback that I think is in the draft is Trevor Lawrence. Now, obviously, if Trevor Lawrence throw, falls down to – right now they're sitting at number 10. If he falls down to number 10, obviously you scoop him up, but – we all know that's not going to happen. So I think he's played well enough to prove that he he is a starter in this league and he can be the starter for the Carolina Panthers moving forward. You just – he doesn't have the ability to go out there and win you games by himself. He takes a little bit more to have built around him than other players, other quarterbacks in this league. Absolutely. And let's go ahead and talk about that really quick. What do you think – is the most important pick to make uh, as far as position goes with that first pick in the draft for next year, early mock draft? Um, you look at the, the Parsons, the middle linebacker out of Penn State, uh, he would be huge. We definitely need somebody in the center of the, of the defense, uh, somebody we can build upon for the future. Obviously, when you think Carolina Panthers, you think of the great Luke Keekley and who we have now um, – to hear Whitehead is nowhere near that, and everybody wants him out. I mean, if it was up to most, yeah, he's got to go. If he was up, he's got yeah, to go. If it was up to most Panther fans, we would have traded him at before the deadline. But no team wants him. That I mean, he just, he just, unfortunately, he's he's aged out. It seems like he's definitely missing two or three steps. I wouldn't even go as far as saying he's missed one step because he's missed more than that. But uh, middle linebacker would be a huge one. Um, you got cornerback. I think we need a, a a cornerback, a number one cornerback. I don't think Dante Jackson's the number one cornerback. I really do appreciate his effort because he's been banged up the whole season. That turf toe just it won't go away. He's battling through it. I think he's more of a slot corner. I really like what Rasul Douglas has done. I think he we should keep him as a starting cornerback uh, two. Try to get a lockdown cornerback one like we had in James Bradbury. Then you got. O-line, you know, we need a center. We need to figure out what we got at left tackle. And then both both safety positions we need to evaluate. It's Trey Boston and Justin Burris, the safeties for our future. All right, well, then let's go ahead and take a look at the roster in, in, in a whole. And I want you to go ahead and pick the top positional need. And we'll do one for the offense and we'll do one for the defense. For the offense, it's got to be left tackle for sure. We don't know if um, – it doesn't seem like Okun's going to hold up. He's trying. I mean, he almost opted out this year with the COVID and everything. So I could see him retiring this year, which I wish I wish he wouldn't because he'd be a great leader. Um, we don't know if Greg Little, he missed a lot of last year. He was a second-round pick, so I hope he can blossom into a starter. He needs to with a second-round pick attached to his name. That's something that needs to happen. If Dennis Daly can play at left tackle, we noticed last week that he played – uh, he started at left tackle, and there was a bunch of rotational. So if, if one of those two guys could be the left tackle of the future, that'd be huge for us. Because if we already have that position filled on our roster, as you know, that makes that much it makes it that much easier. And then on the uh, defensive side, with uh, Shaq Thompson kind of struggling, we definitely need a middle linebacker to be the quarterback of our defense. 
Absolutely. And I will go ahead and comment on um, your picks before I go ahead and give you mine. I think that, yeah, we've had to see what we can have in Greg Little, and I feel like we haven't given him a fair assessment. I was actually disappointed to see Dennis Daly start, not because I don't want to see more Dennis Daly, but, of course, I wanted to see exactly what we had in our second-round pick in Greg Little because, you know, a second-round pick for a left tackle, you got to get some type of value out the guy or just chalk it up as a waste of time. Um, and we haven't got to really see him. And that might actually be with some things that we're not seeing because we're not at every practice and everything like that. Maybe Greg is just struggling that much in practice that he can't even earn time. Because um, I think even the his backup was outdoing him at one point and earning more playing time than him. Yeah, definitely. Trent Scott was playing more at the rotation. They, they've had a heavy rotation when Okung has been out. And Trent Scott was definitely getting more snaps. I went back and watched some some film of uh, of Greg Little, and it either seems like he either doesn't let the uh, defensive end pass the line of scrimmage, or he just whiffs on um, one of his moves. So it's either it's either all good or no good at all with Greg Little. And hopefully, we can chalk that up to him being just young. You know, he obviously he missed a lot last year, and I'm definitely with you with the second round uh, pick attached to your name. You you've got to pan out. We we put a lot of stock into him. Actually, remember they traded up for him too. Exactly, and that's why I really want to see us get something out of him. And even going to your defensive pick as well, um, I think Shaq Thompson. Honestly, I love Shaq Thompson, but man, I think that we really underestimate the impact of having Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley right beside you. It made Shaq Thompson's job a lot easier. Now that Shaq Thompson has to be not just a star, but a superstar for the defense. I think he's realizing that the pressure is a little bit uh, harder than, than he anticipated, especially because he's not getting almost any help from Tahir Whitehead. He's got to go. Tahir Whitehead has been awful. So he's been getting no help there and then no Jeremy Chin this week. I, I mean, yeah, Shaq Thompson is not looking like the superstar that – everybody thought he would be, but I mean, he's not bad. He's just good. And he's just not great, but it's okay because he has a contract that reflects him being good and not something where we're overpaying. So that's okay. Well, he, we just, we, I believe they just put him on last at the end of last year, a huge contract that starts next year. So well, second year, in the system, if it, obviously if Phil Snow's still there, which I don't see him trying to get a head coach, a coaching job, unlike Joe Brady, I believe that Phil Snow will stay with Matt Rule until he Matt Rule leaves Carolina for whatever reason. I don't see Matt Rule leaving anytime in the near future or far future, as long as we have the owner we have. But yeah, with next year, with second year under the system, that new contract kicking in that we're paying because we're paying him. If I'm not mistaken, it's around $13 million a year starting next year with with the option after year one to get out of the contract as from the team that is. Not him, but from the team getting out of the contract. So we'll have to see if he if he steps up. And like you said, he had two great mentors in Thomas Davis and Luke Keekley. I don't think any linebacker, Bobby Wagner, you go to Brian Erlacher, you couldn't ask for two better mentors. I mean, they showed you the in and outs of football, Luke Keekley. If he if if uh, Shaq Thompson wanted to watch film, there was all Luke Keekley was always there. So it's it's his it's his defense now because he's 
the the elder of the of the defense. He's been with the Panthers the longest, so we're going to see what kind of leadership skills he has. Absolutely, and you were spot on with that contract as well. It's a four-year, fifty-two, I'm um, fifty-four point two million dollar deal, and of course has that annual um, salary of thirteen point six million a season. So that's a huge, huge, huge contract. Yeah, he's got to play at all-star level. <laughs> I was saying that he was good. He's got to play great, earning that type of money. It's got to, yeah, it's got to be Pro Bowl level. A lot of, lot of Panthers fans in in the media in Charlotte. Um, wanted to say that Christian McCaffrey doesn't deserve the contract that he's been given. But I would argue that Christian McCaffrey so far deserves the contract more that he was given than Shaq Thompson's contract that he's been given. Absolutely. And even talking about the offense, um, I would say that our biggest position of need on the offense is guard. Uh, We've been pretty decent there. Schofield and uh, John Miller have been good little – plug and play guys, but we need something more solid and we need something for the future. I was actually thinking that uh, I know it's not a sexy pick, but to go guard or at least um, a right tackle, since I don't believe that Taylor Moten will be back with the Panthers at this point, because we're playing too much chicken with his contract. Uh, I think that we definitely need to go guard during the off season. And that's going to be one of our biggest positions of need along the offensive line. For the defense, I think that we're actually going to go ahead and go. I like our young pass rushers, so I think we're solid there. Defensive tackle. The interesting thing will be to see if the Panthers go ahead and cut K1 short early. You know, he has another year on his deal technically, but he has a cap hit of almost $20 million. So I think that the Panthers get some cap relief. They release him, take the $9 million hit in dead money, and just, you know, accept it just so they have that $11 million extra in cap room to go ahead and spread that money out and buy somebody more worth I totally agree with you on the on the K-1 short deal. I mean, mo- I mean, you can look, and most D-tackles over 30 aren't producing too well. That, just the, that was just a bad contract move on Marty Herney, which he's been known for. We won't get into that right now. But definitely trying to save some money. And you said it wasn't a sexy pick going with guard, but – it could be a much needed pick. You got to protect the quarterback if you want to win games. Put a guard, get an interior lineman, helps with the run game, helps pass protect. Uh, an interesting thing about uh, Matt Paradis if the guard play is down, he is down. If he has some interior lineman to help him, he looks pretty decent. He looks like a starting center, but when the guards are playing pathetic, he, he, he can't do it on his own. Absolutely. And that's 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 a great thing to note as well because when he was in Denver, man, he, he did. was great, didn't he? He's had that injury last year. He's looked decent this year. Decent is about as far as I would take it, especially when, like you said, when uh, Johnny Miller's in there, our plug-and-play guards are playing well. But you're right, we definitely have to get um, some starters in there. Plug-and-play is great, but those are depth players that you would like to have. Maybe that's – we talked about Dennis Daly earlier – Maybe that's a good position for him. He played a lot of left guard last year, and he did fairly well at it. Absolutely. All right. Well, Panthers fans, that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much, Carolina Day, for being on the show, and thank you so much for all your contributions here on the Prowl Report that even extend beyond the show. So we're really, really thankful for everything that Carolina Dave does. And 
the fans, I think you guys have got to want to hear more of Carolina Dave because his takes are phenomenal. And like I said, the way that he called the game last week um, was excellent. I actually want to um, get your thoughts on maybe a preview for this week against the Buccaneers. So maybe we can have another episode uh, just doing that specifically, Dave, because I'm, I'm sure that the fans want to hear your take because you have a lot of great insights. I think we're going to face a very angry Tom Brady, very embarrassed. Um, but I think, I think the Panthers are also getting tired of uh, coming up short as well. Look for Matt Rule to be aggressive. You can just see his – his face on the sidelines earlier in the year when they played the Raiders, he said, I want, we're going to go out to be competitive. I took that as, okay, they don't expect to be good this year. They're just trying to figure things out. Now it's getting towards the middle of the season. He's already tired of losing. So I think he's going to try to go out here and make a statement. Unfortunately, the Bucks are all in on trying to win a Super Bowl, being the first team to, um, host the Super Bowl and play in it at the same time. I look for the Panthers to lose by a touchdown. Okay, well, that's a quick hit from Carolina Dave, guys. Look, he gave you a quick synopsis as well. Trust me, Dave knows how to call him, and unfortunately, it's a loss this week for the Carolina Panthers. But we had already did our prediction show as well. I encourage you guys to go ahead and listen to that last episode we did a whole season schedule prediction. And, yeah, we're pretty much a consensus pick on that one, Dave. I don't think that we win against the Buccaneers because, yeah, Tom Brady's looking for revenge. And I hate when Tom Brady's looking for revenge. It's a nasty time for any team that has to play Tom Brady after an embarrassing loss for sure. A quick hit, too, is the fact that Bruce Arians said that the only running back that he would possibly think about paying as much money as max money would be Christian McCaffrey because Christian yeah. McCaffrey does it all. And uh, unfortunately, we might, we might not have Christian McCaffrey this week. So it's even more reason not to be um, too thrilled to have the Bucks in the house of the Panthers. Absolutely. Make sure that you guys follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Make sure that you guys – Go ahead and follow also Carolina Dave. Give them your Twitter handle so they can check you out. Carolina Dave NC. Make sure that you follow Carolina Dave because you have to stay up on all of his hot takes and make sure that you join us on the Prowl Report. If you'd like to be on the Prowl Report, go ahead and shoot us a DM. We're looking to make Dave a more permanent fixture of the Prowl Report because he's awesome and we love having him on the show. And we love you, Panthers fans. Stay safe, keep pounding.